0: Hello. Hang on, let me do that again. Ah! Hello. <laughs> now when you laugh, it sounds
1: weird. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Trying to remember a movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's a movie. Hmm. I don't know if you're gonna be the one who's gonna be able to help me with this. Okay. You know I'm game. I love games. It's uh it's like uh I forget the the tone of the movie. I think it's mostly serious, but there's a playful aspect to, like, some partnership between some people. And then towards the end of the movie, there's this, or like, I don't know, near the climax of the movie, there's this bit where the two characters who have been bantering for the movie have, like, a serious moment. And they're arguing about something, you know? Like, this is movies where there's, like, some underlying argument that doesn't surface until, like... Yeah, the, this, would, the, this should have Alan Arkin in it. Uh kind of. It's, like, the dramatic high point of the movie. It's, like, the thing that was unsaid finally comes out, and they, the two characters finally have it out about some... Oh, yeah, so it gets real. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it was, like... I think this is more heartfelt than argument. It was, like, uh, the, one person to the other says, Do you know what my... Uh, favorite time of day is or best best time every day is it's when i'm waiting to meet you or something to go off and do whatever we've been doing this whole movie and Mm -hmm. while i'm waiting i get to imagine that this will be the day that you don't come because you've left to go off do better things or something like that god i'm blowing like whoa so it's probably a man and a woman i think it's two guys two guys the, the best part best moment of my day is like when i'm waiting for you to come because i think that you won't be there like you're not gonna come today and I'll be like he's finally gone off and left and done what he's supposed to do. Like mm-hmm. I just I'm hoping you just don't show up and you're hoping you're not in this rut with me anymore doing whatever it is we've been it's doing. It's not it's not Batman, but it's
0: kinda like Batman.
1: God, what the hell movie was that? Oh, this is gonna kill me. All right. Well, I, I don't think I've even done a good enough job describing it for our listeners. Well see now, let's spend the rest of the show getting this. I think we can do this between you for and me. Our listeners to be able to tell mm-hmm. me.
0: <laughs> it's not funny.
1: It's not funny when somebody can't remember something, but it's kind of funny.
0: Yeah. Anyway, um, the
1: the reason that came up, yes. the reason that was in my mind, I wanted to make the clever reference right mm-hmm. before you connected, but I can't make the reference cuz I don't know what it was and I what the the context of it for this show is. <laughs> okay, let's just let's consider that the pre-show. Go ahead and spring it on me.
0: Hey, hey, how's it going, John?
1: No, I don't I don't know uh-huh. the I don't know the reference. I can't. Okay. Uh, Well, can you guess the context based on my fumbling? Maybe that'll be easier. (laughs) The the relevance to this show.
0: Uh, um, We've gone beyond joke related in bullets to now basis. not a joke. This is
1: deadly serious.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Basis. Basis for reference, not in evidence mm-hmm. provided yeah. in bullets. It's like yeah. when you give the other side in like uh, in discovery.
1: I'm giving you everything I have here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought maybe you could get that.
0: It just reminds me. This used to happen to us in court cases where people would like, they mix up, <laughs> mix up all the files in the box. You go, here, You figure it out. Mm. Uh, is it about you look nice today? No, no. It's Although about we can talk. We can talk about that later. No, no, no. But, no that um... was just my first guess. um <laughs> I'm still just working off bullets. I'm still spitting out little bits of metal as I get through these bullets. um mm-hmm. Okay, so uh finally, the moment. Oh, okay. Is it Roderick?
1: No, oh, I gotta help you here because I, okay. I haven't done a good enough job. Conveying. No, 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 will um... give me another bullet. <laughs> It's not Alan Arkin. No, I was going to okay. say that one of the best moments of each of my recordings of this program mm-hmm. is right before you connect and I'm looking over the show notes, I'm thinking today will be the day oh, that you're yeah. going to come online. It'll be crossed and you're, off. And you're going to, well, it's or it's italic and it's bold. Yeah. So today will be the day that you'll come on and say, you know, guess what I watched nope. since last we spoke.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a totally normal thing to want. Remind but me. then you show up. Is that off better? It's like, that well, better? not not this week. Right? Did that help at all? I you know, I corrected the spelling. Oh, did I have too many M's and N's? You wanna know why? Uh, because this is the moment when we know why. It was out of respect.
1: <laughs> I
0: got a reference
1: in. I did it. You okay, did, anyway. you did
0: real good. Out there with all those all those aprons, you know how many yeah, tablecloths I? this guy. Really yeah.
1: You're a real effing jerk. You know that? I know not gonna censor. <laughs>
0: This kid, this kid this kid's parents never get any mail ever again. You're going in the
1: oven. <laughs> Despite being stuck in his house uh-huh. for weeks on end, yep. Merlin has still not watched Millennium Actress. Oh, so yeah, it, well, I did make it big it and continues. red and
0: bold. Did you see it's italicized and
1: the spelling's correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can you can rein that in a little bit now. But speaking of long expected parties reference number two, something else that people have been Waiting for, looking forward to, not even knowing if it would ever really happen. Just hoping against hope that this could be a thing that Ta- can happen. Talking about devs? No. no. Oh. Give me another bullet. Talking about the in- incredibly confusingly named and conceived thing that is very much like uh-huh. you look nice today. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Can you please explain to me, no, a, no. Well, for for the audience who no. might not know, what you look nice today is was, <sighs> and b, what this current thing was. Are you done was, with Millennium
0: Actress already? Is that all all the stick I'm getting this week? Yes. Well, you haven't watched it, so we're we've moved on. I'm very vulnerable right now. Huh? Um, I don't. I mean, what is there to say? Uh, I, do you want to talk about this?
1: Yes, I will. For I need, I need you to do context. Don't just assume everybody knows what "you look nice today" is because it's been a long time, Merlin. Oh, I do that all the time. I'm constantly, always assuming that everybody knows everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I so rarely have to say things like, "If you criticize me about this, I will ban you from the internet." <laughs> um, so, <laughs> uh, "You look nice today" is a podcast that um, was uh, originally um, theorized or envisioned by uh, Robert Anderson, who we used to call Bobby, but now he's Robert. And he said, Hey, you three guys from Twitter, you should do a podcast together. And that would be I'm Melissa Gore and Scott Simpson and me. And so in 2008, around this, I think it was around April of 2008, uh, we started putting out You Look Nice Today. And long story short, uh, it's my favorite thing I've ever been involved in, I think, pretty sure. I've said that Thanks so a many lot. times. Huh? Great. I'm right here, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's the second next to the show that i do with my worst friend it's my favorite thing i've ever been in. no but it was really fun to do and i actually i i liked it a lot and i liked making it a lot i liked the um the entertainment and just you know joy that, that a lot of people got from it i'm not gonna front It
1: was a really good show it's very influential and very very good uh can you can you characterize the show what kind of show was this what happened is three there's three guys in the show you name them all what happens in the show
0: I think it represented a uh, sort of podcast 2.0 in some ways where podcast 1.0 was three white guys talking about Linux and then mm. it was three white guys talking about boners and we kind of, we didn't invent that, but, uh, it was an early example and like, like anything good I've been involved in. It was really mostly just a cult hit. It was never a, you know, crazy popular show. Um, a little bit velvet underground. I think it was very influential Two of my favorite podcasts. Um, People who are on that show told me that it was very important to them, and which is a huge honor to me. So that—that's you know me. I uh, I care more about that than the number stuff because that just. So, means what more...
1: so what you're not saying is yeah you talked about boners. Well, I get it, it, it was a, it a comedy podcast. You you listen to it and it's funny. You it laugh. was
0: it was a um, yeah it was I mean yeah comedy but like what kind of comedy? It wasn't like you know if we did toilet flushing noises it was usually mm. with a French accent. It was not a morning zoo. No, it had lots of horribly inappropriate and especially very insensitive things uh, over the life. But it was really a lot of poop in a boner truck, but very sophisticated stuff. And I think the thing that, um, I mean, it was fun. Scott, this is is like one of the funniest people I know. And he was really what made that show great. But all the other thing that made the show great is uh, Adam Lissagore's editing of that show, which um, sometimes verged on the maniacal, the amount of editing that he would do to get it just the way he wanted. And it was really fun. And so we did that for a while and it was real you know, pretty sporadic and eventually tapered off. I think, you know, everybody got a little busy with different stuff and life, but also, you know, Adam got legit busy with his video making business. So anyway, what kind of comedy? I mean, it really, it was a lot of shucking and jiving. If there's a conceit about the show, I think this is the conceit of the show is that, so I, I was telling, I've told a bunch of people that whenever I think about what that show would look like, um, if it were animated, um, I've thought this since before the days of animatics. I always thought it would be in the style of Dr. Katz. There would be like a squiggle vision, and but it's a squiggle vision of like three guys s- sitting at an impossibly, like hilariously too small table, like really close to each other, like an ice cream parlor, waiting for a meeting to start. and they, And they were the least important people at the meeting. So then that eventually turns to ideas for businesses and stuff like that. And different kinds of flights of fancy. So that's what we did. And then we haven't, I mean, we haven't really done it in over five or six or seven years. And uh, yeah, so we decided to do that. And we did it. And we used uh, Dan's Fireside. And uh, we brought the You Look Nice Today website back to life. And we have a new site. Uh, here we go. Uh, this show is called uh, California King.
1: So this is the confusing part. All right. Yeah. You Look Nice Today, you described it. it was a podcast that had a website and a feed and a bunch of episodes tapered off. It's been gone for a long time. People missed it. Very influential. Everybody loves it. Rather than coming back <laughs> and saying, for
0: John,
1: yeah, rather than coming back, I liked it. Rather mm-hmm. than coming back and saying, you know, whatever, the last episode was episode 59. Now it's episode 60 after a seven year gap. You've mm-hmm. not done that. You right. have instead made a new thing, which is called California King, which I originally thought was the, the title of episode of the episode you released. Understandable. But instead, that is Understandable. The name of the thing. Yep. But it's also, you look nice today. So it's a new website, a new feed, a new name. But it does say, you look nice today. on Can explain to me how I'm supposed Absolutely. to i Absolutely. I, I,
0: I think it will be excruciating and will only be even tangentially interesting to a very small number of people. But I'm happy to tell you, I don't have a dog in the fight for the name. I think it was Adam's idea. Um, but setting that aside for a minute, why is it called that? I don't know. Oh, we can come back to that. What I do know is that, well, we, we knew we, we wanted to try a new thing. And we wanted the new thing to be a new thing in some sense. So the original idea was we'll record this and, and see how it goes. But I, this is just my opinion. I don't think they disagree. But what we came out with with that first recording was like, well, duh. I mean, this is the show. The show is the show that it's always been. But, I mean, for myself, as I think I mentioned to you, I've had a huge amount of technical debt like going on with the many different parts of the sort of workflow behind this, you know, there's like this Libsyn account I've been keeping alive. It's only, you know, seven bucks a month times two, but like, it's, that kind of sucks. There's that, there's like this ancient Drupal site that has just been like a honey trap sitting out there for years. And, um, I really wanted to get that behind me. The feed still seemed to work. I could get the episodes, but the website wasn't coming up. It's an old provider where the domain records are just have been a, a tangled mess. One person owns the domain. Another person does the NS stuff. The other person does site stuff. And it's just been really, do you follow though? It's, it wasn't the kind of thing where I could just say, okay, I'm going to make a strong cup of tea and spend two hours fixing this. It was one of those, like, there's never a good day for anybody to do this low priority, super annoying task. And then, but it's been a secret shame of mine. I hate that the site's been out there and like not been good. I'd love to send more people there. I like what we did. So this was, first of all, for me, an opportunity to keep these episodes, which mean a lot to me, still in circulation, but make sure they're backed up and everything, um, but also to do something with the website that made it usable, such that if somebody said to their little sister, hey, you should go check this out, go to this website and look around, right? You could send somebody there and it wouldn't be horribly confusing. And you know what I mean? It, It doesn't look like a bad neighborhood. And that works. So that was, for me, like... That's kept me busy a lot the last few weeks. It sounds nuts, but I've spent a lot of time on that. And then the new site, remember now, the the original idea was, not original, but this, you know, for this reboot or whatever, was like, we want to do a new show. It'll be like a new thing. We're not, you know, it could still be, look nice today, but it'll be a new thing. And like, who knows what it'll be? And would there be guests? And we don't know. But the truth is, we'd already committed to this sort of two-state solution um, that I was already heavily invested in. And I, I, I mean, I have not. we haven't had a lot of meetings about this, about the future, but I think we all are happy with how it's going. We're happy to see people like it again. And so California, that way we have a, this little like stasis cube, this Time Lord thing over here with all the stuff from the previous 51 episodes. And then we can do whatever we want with this other thing. And we're allowed to have that be whatever it becomes without somebody saying, oh, that's not actually that thing that I like. Why it's called California King, I'm not sure. We have had a lot of bad names for things that we have rejected over time, and that's far from the worst. I think part of the joke was at the beginning, You Look Nice Today, before it even had a name, was that it was going to be a, a, a podcast about Twitter where we talked about who was funny among our friends on Twitter and who got the carnation uh, for a given week. Remember Moltz I think, won the first one. Um, and um, But that, that just it sucked. But the we liked the other stuff that we were doing. So that's, you know, just became what it was going to become. Am I answering your question?
1: Yeah, I think I get it. I think um You're still I'm, disappointed I'm, with the dumb name and the name change at all. I mean, I I would have made uh if I had I would have made some arguments to uh have a more unified approach, but I totally understand like the old website rotting thing and how it's annoying and how and believe me, I understand like all my mm-hmm. current websites are like that.
0: So <laughs> I mean <laughs> and, I I don't like I don't like having a typo I can't get to, let alone the show art hasn't worked for years. You know yeah. what I mean? And just the security uh, problem of mm-hmm. it just sitting out there. It's just, it's just, it's easy enough to ignore, but I did leap at the chance. And it was actually a fair amount of work, like reattaching, going, downloading all the old art for each episode. And if I still had access to it, if I still had access to the server it was on, I could get it. But then I had to like go in and per episode reattach, upload and reattach to each episode. <laughs> so that took a long time. But yeah, you know that itch. But anyway, yeah, that's why it,
1: I guess it would have made more sense. It's also it's nice to see something stick around. Well, once you've fixed up the old site, which you've done, right, mm-hmm. for the reasons you stated, the, the the question is then, okay, then why not continue the old uh, site and, you know, just another episode? But I think the time gap is so big that you didn't want to be constrained by, like you said, but by, by having to do what you did before just because it's on the same feed and has the same name. Having a new feed right. and a new name gives you the freedom to potentially do something different. Even if it ends up not being that different. I mean, you, you, like, right. this is called a new journal of emotional hygiene. Well, the tagline yeah, for You Look Nice Today was the Journal of Emotional Hygiene without mm-hmm. the new, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, where does it say You Look Nice? I thought it said it on the side. I guess you just have a nav link to it. I guess it uh, yeah, I know it.
0: we're down, down as the owner. But, you know, th- there's the thing, th- the truth is, though, <sighs> sort of like everybody was saying tooth nut, everybody, a handful of people were saying two or three weeks ago, well, you know, if this uh, shelter in place stuff works and we flatten the curve, um, there will be some people who think, you know... uh, there'll be a handful of people who think we should have reacted sooner, however you want to parse mm-hmm. this out. There's some people who wish we'd done it sooner and some people who said, oh, I can't believe we went to all that trouble. Everything turned out fine. Which apparently is like the, the single largest misunderstanding in public health for people who are in public health is if we're doing our job, you'll never notice us. Mm-hmm. When you start noticing us doing your job, it's too late. Like you are not too late, but we're already in deep on something. So Why am I saying that here? Because I think to say, well, gosh, I'm sorry you didn't get to go watch Men in Tight Pants throw a, a pigskin around for a few weeks. But yeah, we did save Grandma, right? So, you know, yeah, you're mad that you didn't get to watch your Rams or whatever. But, like, I'm really glad we did that. So even though to your mind that was a failure since you were inconvenienced, to everybody else it was a success because so much fewer people died. And I think, it, it, to 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 quote, um, well, it depends on the lyricist or the singer, to quote, let's say, Neil Peart, you know, if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. In our case, the choice that we wanted to make was, uh, what's your phrase? Greenfield, blue sky?
1: What's it called? Blue ocean
0: versus red ocean.
1: Blue ocean. What was that? Is that because of red tide? Uh, red ocean is is blood in the water. Blue Ooh, that's ocean is good.
0: Oh, yeah. It's so a blue ocean. Even if we end up doing something that's <laughs> virtually spotless, virtually identical to what we were doing before, it is after having arrived at the proper um, milestones to say, is this the direction we want to go? And it's just that in that case, it turned out to be you know, same thing. This is so boring. It's so fun to do the show again. I love doing it. It's great. It, the timing was so great.
1: Yeah. And it's yeah, been amazing. Yeah. It just seems like the time app was big too. So it makes sense to, to the start Timing new-
0: on stuff. And this is why I, 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 I am so self-conscious about this and coming off as a, a privileged jerk, but like, I do really, I can't, I feel like I can't say it enough. I want somebody to be out. The, <laughs> I don't know who needs to hear this today, but like, keep looking for opportunities. It, even if it's in Not an opportunity for like a moneymaker or this or a brand, you know, bounce. Like whatever it is, just look for an opportunity. It could be an opportunity to realize there's a better way to do your dishes. It could be an opportunity to change your sleep to where you go to bed a half hour earlier and get up a half hour earlier. Same amount of sleep, but like different world that you go to sleep to and wake up to. Like I just want to assure people like, you know, are thinking about that. It's a tough time, but think about your opportunities, which is actually one of the things I did not put on the list that I wanted to talk to you about, but.
1: Yeah, so that's that. The bottom of the website, it says California King by You Look Nice Today. Yes. As if You Look Nice Today is the artist. We're the ages for
0: the brand, Yeah,
1: It's like Yum! Brands, you know. But You Look Nice Today was the name of a show. It's so confusing. All right, and then final thing. What about the Beatles? The Beatles, the Beatles are a, uh, they're a band and and an album. Two, um, and also a music pun. Two more things Mm -hmm. on the website. One, the image at the top is of the three of you a long time ago. Uh Uh-huh. Long time ago. Yeah. This is the new show. Why should it have the picture of the old you's? The old you's uh, <laughs> the
0: Utes, Use guys. The Utes. <laughs> the uh that's the only photos we've got of the three of us. Like the the well, there is one unflattering one of us um in like a at a photo booth in Oregon, but we all look we look very portly. And so I wanted to I wanted to save everybody the hassle. I didn't use that one.
1: Yeah, Adam's wearing a long sleeve shirt underneath a short sleeve button-down shirt. That's a great look. That's a terrific look. Mm-hmm. And I'm wearing a Barsook Records shirt. Yeah, and then the the album art, as it were, the, of the podcast is very similar to the old one. It's got the silhouette of the little boy with the flowers behind his back. Yes. But now he's got a crown on his head. Is the crown a permanent fixture because the show is called California King?
0: I think so. And I think I might have uh, lobbied today for a big brand change which is it's just going to be the kid smaller in size on a white field with no uh, letters on it. I don't think the Cooper
1: Black ages well. Yeah, what about the, what about the dude with the, with the things in his ears and his mouth and his hands? Is That's not part of the art, is it?
0: No, it's just God has some books with magic tricks that are going to be a lot of our art, I think. Hmm. All right. I don't know if he's formally a magician at this point, but
1: I, well, we'll probably have some kind of I don't of know about
0: the crown not being a silhouette.
1: The boy mm. is a silhouette, but the crown is
0: not a oh, silhouette. Oh, I thought that was fun. It's because the emoji crown. It's the prince, emoji yeah, prince no, crown. Yeah. And it pops. Right. It's got to pop. Um, what was I going to show you? Something visual. Oh, I was going to find. It doesn't matter. Uh, Adam sent me a, a bunch of the original uh, potential names of you look nice today, and they're terrible. <laughs> so bad. Uh, at one point, the conceit was going to be that the podcast was conducted on a waterbed. The three mm-hmm. of us were on a waterbed. <laughs> was the conceit, and <laughs> maybe that somehow held over. What would you
1: call it? Mm-hmm. Would you, you, you? Would you call it? You look nice today. I mean, it, the you look nice today is one of those names that is like a terrible name that means nothing. But once it is associated with the show for a while, it becomes to mean the show, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it has a certain like it has a certain ring to it in terms of tone, mm-hmm. I guess yeah uh California king also works for the most part. Uh, I didn't really think about it very much well yeah, to be I mean, honest it's fine the name' yeah. not not that important i like, like i I like the double meaning maybe there's a triple one that I haven't figured out yet
0: i'm gonna, i'm gonna send you something here that is uh I probably shouldn't even mention this but uh I did have a wild hair uh, a couple days ago that it would be fun because I knew the 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 woman who had done doesn't matter that's a woman the person who did this thing that we bought from uh, a stock art company she's made a whole bunch of silhouettes and so i think i just mailed you a b- <laughs> a bunch of other silhouettes i thought it'd be fun for california king if it didn't work against the gender of the title it would have been fun for it to be the same art but like of a girl but doing something different so like this one of her playing the sax like playing an alto sax or playing a trombone how great are those Mm-hmm. Well, Well, also like away. her on her knees blowing the uh dandelion's off a of flower. I thought that was a nice bit of closure. Like, yeah, I got your flower.
1: Yeah, this is some good some good stuff in here.
0: Yeah. I don't know if this Reed has ice cream cones when they're not in color. So, you couldn't
1: couldn't get Hodgman to do new uh telephone recordings of uh interstitials. We didn't ask,
0: but that's also going to be um an Easter egg and which we would like, you know, people like you to participate in, which is we're going to have a different Two different people each week saying the name of the show, a la sandwiches kids in the oh, episode. yeah, that's
1: right, that was so cute. But oh my god, uh, how the, cute the is the, the one at the end? His daughter, Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. half fine king. She, she should do. I was thinking after, after hearing one episode, I was thinking uh, she should do them all and age with the show so it's adorable in the beginning oh when she can't god. say words, and then like eventually she's 22 and she's like saying like <gasps> snarkly at the end of your show. Oh my god, that's a really good idea, yeah. You just have to do the show for 22 years, That's <laughs> the only the only flaw in my plan, a <laughs> boyhood type thing. Well, apparently it took a lot of effort
0: <clears throat> to get that one line reading. So, anyway, I'm just going to send out emails to people. Presumably, it will get
1: easier with time. but then hard, then much By harder she when she gets a teen, but then easier
0: again when she's dad. A dad. Anyway, thank you for asking. Uh, you can go to CaliforniaKing.org. Now, I think you have to use the triple dub for you. Look nice you, got, today. you got
1: the domain too, CaliforniaKing.org. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. They can't all be done. I mean, you though. didn't get the .com, but still, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's a kind of org. And that, did that factor into your name choice, or was it just an after the fact? No, not, I mean, I don't, I would imagine, that's a good
0: question, I doubt, how can you say, but it sure isn't as important as it used to be, it's not a yeah, fact, like, it, it used to be such a huge deal, when internet, whenever internet explorer, probably, what, circa 99, no, it was before that. Way before, where I'd start tacking on com. Or just where, and this is the whole reason I had a job at a .com, was we had a really good domain. And so if you went into your location bar, whatever we called it, in Internet Explorer and typed the word homes and hit enter, it would autocomplete to the .com of whatever you typed in. This is in the days before, this is back when Alta Vista was probably the biggest game in town, if that. Um... Might have been Excite that was the winner back then, but in any case, like it didn't, it went straight past whatever. There was no search done. All it did was add, I believe, you tell me.
1: It added .dot com, and then I think it added .ww. dot com at if the beginning. You couldn't find the .dot com. Yes,
0: yeah, so you didn't accidentally go to their Gopher or something. Um. Yeah. So, uh, that's that used to be such a big deal. So, no, I, I mean, I don't think it formally went into it. I just, I don't even really think about it anymore. It's mainly a joke thing now. Or if somebody says something and there's a typo, I'll buy it sometimes as a joke. So, like, give us your effing money. We also have take our effing money, and we have give us our effing money. We have all mm. of those. And, of course, .edu and <laughs> 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 .dot rocks. I used to do that. homes. Yes, homes, clown. I used to buy, like, every misspelling. I did all of that SEO garbage back mm-hmm. in the day. It was so dumb. <laughs> This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Agenda. You can learn more about Agenda right now by visiting Agenda.com. This is such a cool app. Uh, What you need to know is that Agenda is a note-taking app. It's for iOS, iPadOS, and macOS, and it's got a focus on dates. And now you know how I feel about dates. And boy, is this app ever cool. It's tightly integrated with Apple's calendar and reminder apps, making it great for planning and tracking projects, and your notes are arranged in a unique timeline that follow the project through time. Agenda is perfect for meeting notes, a daily journal, day-to-day lists like groceries, task lists, planning, and revisiting past decisions all in one place. So choice. And Agenda even won an Apple Design Award uh, during its launch year in 2018, and that's a feather in their cap. Recent additions include uh, now drawing and handwriting with Apple Pencil, yes, scanning of documents on iOS and iPadOS, integration with the new reminders app so that works um coming soon uh, the app is going to have localization in non-english languages a powerful sharing sheet for ios yay so you can get stuff into agenda quickly looking forward to that and uh, templates will be coming to provide a starting point for new notes this is all great stuff here's this is kind of nuts agenda is free to download and use forever can you believe that now the premium features are available via in-app purchase nothing wrong with that and that unlocks all current premium features plus any premium features added in the 12 months following your purchase. How great is that? Very great is that. Mm. Once a premium feature is unlocked, it stays unlocked forever. No subscriptions. Boom. So listen, go right now. You go to agenda.com. Agenda.com, go get agenda at agenda.com. Big fan. But thanks to Agenda for supporting reconcilable differences and all of Relay FM. But. I wonder what comes after Google.
1: What do you think? Uh, just just eternal blackness forever, right? Because we're all gone.
0: Well, okay. Like, let me just toss this out. I don't know if you would agree with me, but I think of the web as, when I was coming up, as having, there's the pre-GUI era where it was about the Archies and the Veronicas and stuff. In the, in the graphical web era, starting about 1995, Yahoo, to me, there's nothing else quite like Yahoo but it was hand-curated, right? Mm-hmm. Deciding who came up above and was bolded. Like, is John's Lyric Site like going to be up here or is it going to be down there? That's decided by somebody at Yahoo. Well, you know, my friend Michael, who uh, worked at Ask Jeeves, he was one of the original Ask Jeeves employees. <clears throat> Similar kind of deal. Then you come along to, like, the age of the portal, which kind of is Yahoo, but then I think about the age of, like, Excite was such a good portal. At a certain time,
1: Netscape had one too for a while because that was uh, linked into the browser. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, that was the play. The play was like we're going to keep you here in this, like this, this through this series of informational pamphlets. You'll be able to get your stocks and your news and everything. And then I feel like after Excite, at least in my head. I want to say AltaVista. I might be missing one.
1: AltaVista was was, uh, was a contemporary with Excite. It was a very different. AltaVista was the nerd's search engine when there was, there was InfoSeek, Excite. Excite looked Excite, good, Alta Vista. but AltaVista did have that pre... AltaVista was fast and you could enter like
0: Boolean logic. And yes, stuff. exactly right. It had had operators that were in the age before Google were pretty great. Um, so then you get up to like, what, 2000? 99, 2000? And Google comes along. And now that really, that's the age that we've been living in for a pretty good
1: long while. You know, the kids these days don't remember, but Google's big selling feature in that age that you just described is that every other site like Excite and the Netscape portal and even Yahoo and everything, you went there and you were just overwhelmed by a million boxes and graphics. That was the whole thing. It was boxes on boxes on boxes. Boxes full of junk, boxes full of stock things. Yeah. The top ten hottest. It was th- like a lot of crap Yeah. Right. And then and then somewhere in there there's a search field where you could type stuff and it would show you more crap. And Google's big thing was here's a page, dead center in the middle is a text field. There's a, there's two buttons. One that says search and one that says I feel lucky,
0: which which seems so ballsy, so ballsy right. at the time. That I feel lucky. Google, yeah,
1: I feel There's lucky. Nothing problem. else on the page. Yes, and, but it
0: was and their and their innovation, as everybody knows now, but it was unbelievable at the time. Was it was not only far better at relevance than any other search engine I was aware of, and fast. But second and super importantly through what we later came to call page rank was the authoritative sort of rankings of looking at who links to influential sites, which now you look at that and you go, well, of course, that like, why wouldn't you do that? Well, nobody was doing that or nobody was doing it unexperimentally that fast and that accurately. And then you start to realize, wait a minute, like this also, wait a minute, I just updated my blog and it's already on Google in less than like half a day and then in less than an hour. And then like virtually instantaneously, I get, you know what I mean? Uh, so the question becomes, first of all, was that history, how's that history compared to what you think of as the history of the post-1993 internet? Uh, give me your corrections and also tell me what you think is next
1: uh i mean like the reason i was bringing up google uh is that when we were all experiencing google for the first time we didn't know any of that stuff you just said we didn't know PageRank didn't have a name we didn't know how google worked internally we didn't even know who ran it all we know it was back in the early days of the web someone would say hey check out this website that's how you'd find out about websites because you weren't there unless you were going through the category pages on yahoo and just clicking through all of them and trying to find all the links but even after a while yahoo couldn't keep up with the web so the the, mm-hmm. the list there that were kind of like stale like i had i'd already clicked them. it started to feel very
0: stale some sections really felt like you know if you were going to go to like you know history of badminton section or whatever there would be stuff where there was you know even like fairly frequent enough surprising link rod on yahoo
1: yeah or, or like i had already clicked on every link in the youtube lyrics everything was purple. Section. like it yeah. was, was there wasn't that many <laughs> it of them was and, all purple. <laughs> I, and i knew all of them every once in a while i'd go yeah. back there and see if there was a new one Right. And so when when Google came upon the scene and you heard about it from somebody and you went to it, the reason we were interested in it was that you typed words in the box. First of all, that it was that it was clean looking. You're like, oh, all that crap, all that portal crap. It's not there. It was Mm -hmm. just so everything old is new. Again, everyone likes ad blockers now and sites that are simpler or whatever. But that that has been true multiple times over. These things go in cycles. I think that was the first big cycle of the web is overwhelming. Mm -hmm. One possible strategy to get attention is to be not that. So Google was not that. And you'd type a word and it would do a search and it would return results fast. And they seemed to be pretty good. And I remember thinking, well, it's not as good as AltaVista because you can't do all that cool, you know, programmery Boolean logic. Say, look for this word and that word, not this word near that word. Like mm-hmm. You could do stuff with AltaVista and it would just do exactly what you said. It was very appealing to a programmer. Uh, and Google seemed like it's just about as fast as AltaVista, not as fancy, right? But it's nice. But really, the reason we were all going to it was because... Like the main draw among the sort of alpha nerds, as they called themselves back then, was that it was a simple website that just had the one thing you wanted it to do. Mm-hmm. And and like
0: I don't think we can I don't think we can overstate when I say it was ballsy that how like just frankly conceited it was to have a field and two buttons because in the days even in the early days of Google, if we're being honest it was not unusual to go through 10 20 30 60 pages of returns because they might have been ranked but they were they were still not you were still there's still a chance that you were going to find something very different um so what you'll find one kind of thing on the first and second page maybe third page and you might find something extremely different on the fourth page because it was still very sort of homegrown and the idea that like i i mean it's <laughs> i don't think you can overstate it when you type this type something in here and hit enter it's basically going to read your mind it knows not only like what you probably want or likely to want, we're so confident of
1: this that we will take you directly to the page you ask for that you didn't realize you were asking for. Yeah, I haven't looked recently, but I assume that button's still there. But yeah, the I, I'm feeling lucky button was, would just take you to the first result, right? Mm-hmm. So rather than showing you a page of the results numbered one through 10, it would just immediately take you to the number one result. And I remember not clicking that button very often just because I always wanted to see the results So that's the kind of person I am. But the Google, the product, eventually trained its users to not look on page two or page three or page four because right. basically what you were looking for was going to be either on page one or you're just totally far off in the query and you got to strike again. To, to where now you have
0: to really kind of hunt around a little bit you're not going to see the g o <laughs> thing at the bottom like yeah. you used to yeah so they still got it Go google search and i'm feeling lucky i'm getting or i'm yeah. feeling playful wait what is that i never mouse over these what the hell what <laughs> the uh, hell yeah. Oh, my they God. The,
1: you know. There's a one arm bandit thing going on, and they're spinning around. Every day is a different day, and they uh, do the Google, what is it called, the Google doodle. logo. Look at the doodle. There's, there's, a, word, there's a word for it. The Google the doodle. thing at the top that has the Google logo, they change each day based on what day it is. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, the, relevant to what is after Google is just just goes to show that, like, the thing that causes something to gain traction is not always what you think is going to be. Like I would contend that the initial thing that made Google gain traction was not the quality of its search results. That's the thing that allowed it to eventually become the Google. You're Google. making the more like aesthetic, like the way that it looked, uh, because it was it was a reaction against the times, right? Mm-hmm. It was it was a, a, a new player can do I, things like, different. I, I,
0: you're, I, I get what you're trying to explain. It's it's difficult if you weren't there, but what you're what John's describing is like a real. Like, a mixed green salad of, like, a lot of graphical overload at a time when the internet was not super fast for everybody, when I was on, like, DSL or dial-up. But, like, you would get, of course, you got banner ads, you know, you might get X10 pop-ups. But you're right, you're also going to get, like, these, you might get a scrolling X, what was that called? X video or X controller. X10? like X10? No, but the one thing that was like the precursor to like macromedia stuff. But anyway, you might get some kind of dumb like stock ticker show up, you know, some Java thing on a page, some countdown clock. But it was different. You really had to – every website still looked different. That's one thing we should say. Every website still looked, had a, often a very different design aesthetic. Um, you know, like before CNET came along, I feel like it was a lot of like centered Netscape table stuff. And then after that, there was more. But like this is in the age before Web 2.0. This is before we were extensively using CSS with any confidence. And every every page was very heavily, often in my opinion, overdesigned by a graphic designer who maybe wasn't even super skilled on a computer, let alone making stuff for the web. And that's where you get into, as we said last week, cutting up buttons, making uh, image maps, all that kind of stuff. So you could basically put... My, my, that same friend of mine, Michael, had done the first site for Joel Hodgson... Hodgson, yes, after he left MST3K. And it was like an ant farm where you could like mouse over <laughs> the different parts of the ant farm. But do you remember that? I mean, like, that's every site was its own thing. You had to figure out there was so much less of a design vocabulary. Whereas I was asking Dan today about Fireside, whether it had been at some point based on Bootstrap. And he's like, yeah, I was like, because it's crazy. I mean, like, you just go get Bootstrap. And, like, go make a website, and it's going to be very flexible to do what you want. It'll work great on, the, on mobile. But back then, if you wanted to find something called the About section, check me on this. But I feel like stuff like About and Blog and maybe not Search so much, but things like that we came to think of as the basic five to seven sections of almost any website, that was not a thing until at least probably 2002.
1: Yeah, it was it was kind of weird because you would think, w- given that so many of the first people doing websites were from the print world, because that's all there was. Where yes. else would they be from, right? Um, you would think, oh, the web's going to look like print, but it it didn't. Like the things that people were doing on websites, no one would accept them for print unless you are Wired magazine. They were just uh, they didn't look like they. I mean, like so
0: the only distinction I would make is like you would hope that you would get more people like Koi Vin or people yeah. like. People who understood um, how things to make things readable. But people who were typography and mm-hmm. design um, – inform- not information design. What's the word I'm looking for? But like book design. No, like you're right. Would, it, you know, yeah.
1: in- for, in- I was going to say information architecture. Vers- like you would, versus you would,
0: wanting it to look like an ad in Playboy – Like for a Fisher stereo in 1973.
1: Or or even even the ads were more readable. It was almost like these print designers took it as an opportunity to to do an art project. And it's like, Mm -hmm. but, you know, this is supposed to be like a tool like people. This was the part of the revolution that, you know, Zelbin led along with Jacob Nielsen and the whole information architecture thing of like, look, Mm -hmm. people are there to do a thing. Yeah. They're not there to look at your art project. They're not there to just wander over your beautifully rendered sidebar and header graphics trying to find the about. Like, is there some structure to your data they, if they have a task to accomplish? This is this is the, and Veen, Veen used to call this, I think he called it the passionate
0: task, or at least that's what they called it at uh, Adaptive Path. It was something like the passionate task, which is nobody goes to a website to check out your bios. Like, you know, and I, we when it, whenever this happened, whenever we would get a freelance gig, you've heard me say this, but mm-hmm. we would call it the, the B&B site, the bios and bull site. Because you would always meet with some stakeholder who brought you some disks with Microsoft Word files. And we like, well, these are all the headshots and bios. And you're like, mm-hmm. "That." so you basically start by building a section with all the stakeholders for this project. Like, <laughs> It's like making know, a yearbook for I just a company. Wanna, <laughs> I just want to go to the Sony site and be able to quickly find the manual for my camera. right? Mm-hmm. Instead of having to traverse some complex corporate org, org chart, where each silo of the organization or business unit gets their control of their own little weird area. Yeah. So you select, you select North America. You click in, okay, you want a camera? What what continent? North America. Okay, are you are you a retailer or are you? You know what I mean? And you're like, mm-hmm. okay, nope, North America. And you keep clicking North America <laughs> until finally you eventually maybe land on some weird JavaScript, you know, published page where there might be a PDF link in there somewhere. But don't try to use control or command click on it because it's javascript and it won't work
1: i would love to talk to uh i mean i i I know i worked with some of these print designers but like if you go back in time it's like why why are you doing this this way and i'm thinking maybe it's it was a reaction to the limitations of print like when you did print Mm -hmm. the limitations were like look i'm you're printing a newspaper you have one color it's black it's smudgy uh there's an established way the newspapers are made you really can't deviate too much from that just make a bunch of columns of text with headlines right mm-hmm. that's it
0: but but also but also adhering like what you're sort of getting at here is that like there was absolutely a design language to newspapers that we still talk about to this day above the fold below the fold
1: mm-hmm. you know things
0: like that or just that ability to know like how to how and where to how long a headline can be what words can be used and not used and then how to you know how it's pretty rare to find some – it's rare to find dumb uh, rivers and orphans and all of those things. But it's also weird to find like, oh, you hyphenated that headline carelessly and accidentally made it funny. Because well, that was
1: people whose job it was to do that. And the, the other thing is the tech – people whose job it was to do each of those things. Yeah. And the, the tech they had available to them to make the product was so limited mm-hmm. that even if it was your notion that, you know what, this particular column of text, I want to be on a striped background. It's like, you can't put it on a striped background. How do you think we're going to do that? We can lay out right. text in columns with lines and pictures that are squares and know the pictures can't have fancy borders on them because we're, how the hell would we do that? We don't have the facil- we don't have computers. Like, it's it's a printing press. Well, yeah, and if you're like a Glenn Fleischman type, you're not the kind of person who grew up saying,
0: it'd be funny if we at the Georgia, let's say again, like uh, Georgia Tech, the Georgia Tech paper, we thought it'd be funny if we worked in both a B pun as well as a yellow and black, like we're going to, like you're saying here, like, well, we you know, you could very easily tightly kern these and make them yellow and black. Well, yeah, we could do a lot of stuff, but like, that's in really poor
1: taste. That would look terrible and be impossible to make. Yeah, or, or like, you know, and in this story about balloons, I want the dot on the I and the headline to be a balloon. Can we do that? It's like, no. <laughs> you can do no, that on like, can't do Christmas. That.
0: You can do that on Christmas. On Christmas, you get to have a cute... Thing that involves a tree and that's it,
1: (laughs) right? So, so anyway, anyway, and even in magazines, like the the expense of the paper and the printing and how many photos you get, and then the you know the tools you have to lay out that magazine, a bunch of people taking pieces of paper and literally cutting and pasting them with scissors and paste, right, and then photographing them, and then like it was so you know so limited by both budget because the fancier stuff you do the more it costs, and just you know the tools and the conventions. So you get to the computer and you get a bunch of print designers, and it's like well. I can do whatever I want with the pixels on the screen, Mm -hmm. provided I stay within web-safe colors or whatever. So then they are putting yellow and black stripes and things, and they are taking their quote-unquote navigation and embedding it in this strangely rendered, you know, like... Like it's a piece of hardware, like they, like they're like oh, they're like designing kind of the car. Con- tools, bevel and yeah, or even I mean th- the CNET and all that. sidebar like had a little bit of dimensionality to it, yeah. like it was yellow plastic. Why? Because you can't but they, do yellow. It was yellow so plastic, cool the and... way they
0: did that with a repeating image and that little curved edge where it turned from mm-hmm. yellow to black. It looks so cool. Yeah. You no, know, you're right. You're absolutely right. But like that's what that's why I see the, the one I was trying to distinguish is like when you talk about designers or print designers. Well, I'd I'd be even more specific and say this kind of print designer over here that's really all about let's just say publishing design or book design and this kind of designer over here, which is really more about like super graphical. Again, think about the classic like uh, sports illustrated playboy type ads. You know what I mean? Very heavily like, like over-designed super graphical, big images, big black grotesque fonts. You know what I mean? Like that, that look. And like, those are kind of at odds in a lot of ways. If you were to take what you think your job is, it's very natural to understand how somebody on the print and book side could end up with, well, style sheets give me a tremendous amount of control over the cascade of fonts and how they're spaced and there's all kinds of stuff that's not a hack like these are rules this is almost like a science whereas like over here you're somebody who comes along say out of the ad world and out of like the PR and I think about my old neighbor upstairs when I first moved here she was she made so much of her dough I mean she made big money in the dot com boom to incorporate ID so she get hired by some you know some company you know over near wired right in like the, the design district She'd do it all. She would do their logo. She would, do, you know, classic ID design. She would do uh, letterhead, uh, stationary stuff, the cards. And then when that started to slow down after the .dot com thing, she's like, "Oh, I better pick up the web as a thing." Which, and she, again, she did a real good job with her sites. Took bloody forever to load because she wasn't optimizing the crap out of every uh, GIF like I was. You know what I mean? But like that—that that was a—that was an awkward transition for people to go from graphic. 2d designer to interactive designer because that's very different the kind of people i knew that worked on um phillips uh cdis Philips cdis were really big for a while in tallahassee uh a ton of my friends worked uh at places doing you know game and cd-rom development and that kind of stuff um anyway it's just it, it is it's 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 so very different and can you even imagine using something that looks like kai's power tools now or what was the other one goo was it the other one
1: yeah <laughs> it would be so bananas. I think that, you know, it was... I can't actually imagine doing something like that because we have the technology to do almost anything and it would be kind of a breath of fresh air as opposed to, like, a trend that was sweeping through. Like, and even the times we were talking about the the companies... There were companies that figured out slash defined what was then sort of a web-native look and feel. Yahoo was arguably one of them. It was basically mm-hmm. a bunch of links and they were arranged and Netscape with its portal. But then that same movement of, like, here's what the web looks like, forget about those magazine designers itself came to its first cul-de-sac which was okay now the excite portal is a little bit overwhelming and then google could react against that and be the the breath of fresh air also backed by good technology
0: this is about you finding what you want not about us promoting all this other stuff
1: and and it's because it was made by students and it was didn't Mm -hmm. need to make any money yet and so on and so forth and they were and they were incredibly smart by saying we realize that the why people like us so for as long as possible we're going to hold back against ever becoming the thing that we're reacting against we mm-hmm. won't okay well but in two years we need to make money now we're just gonna look like a site nope in three years nope still don't look like psych in four and five yeah i mean it's it's i i i it's so it's so easy to fly right past
0: their first few amazing few years and i'm sure there was bad stuff going on but this like the stuff with google labs was just wild things like google reader like it really it really was crazy how actively they were attempting to innovate and do something new like legitimately new not just like a fresh coat of paint and On somebody else's service. It wasn't like, oh, we're just going to swipe this Snapchat idea for Instagram kind of thing. Like, you know, stuff like Google Sets or like stuff that's so heavily played on their background in machine learning, AI, all that kind of stuff.
1: And they, didn't, and they didn't screw up search for the longest, longest time. Like, they yeah. their ads into search, and they had a business model that worked. It worked so well that, you know, people might not have known exactly how much money they were making until, until they were, you know, until they became Google Google. But even then, you'd go to their web page. There was a box. You'd type it in. you get search results, and a few of them would be ads, and you'd be like, this is it? They're making billions of dollars just by yeah. putting these three yellow ads at the top of my results. And it's and all now, just t- it all
0: just takes care yeah. of itself. You go in. You punch in some money.
1: You say what you want to do, and, it, and the, all the, ma- the machines just take care of everything. Yeah. So. So. Anyway, for getting way next? back to your what original thing of like what what comes next after Google, I mean, for the, my my prerequisite is it has whatever comes next after Google, assuming there is anything, uh, is something that is a reaction against the dominant theme of the day. I'm you know whether the th- the dominant theme of the day is I don't I don't think it would be like Google. Like we have to think about what it is that what it is that annoys us now. Uh, about our computing life and, and and
0: like it sounds like that should should be duck duck go or similar except that they are much more of a reaction and oh, an no. iteration well no yeah i think yeah. a lot of people would say i don't like the privacy stealing stuff i don't
1: like the complexity i don't like not knowing which parts of this to believe that could be the thing they're reacting against it would certainly appeal to sort of the alpha nerds that like you know, but i i mean i don't think we're at that point yet because mm-hmm. uh i don't i'm not sure if if the appeal of that would be enough to catch on like i think you're right the the DuckDuckGo is basically like it's like google but nicer in a few ways or whatever i'm thinking more of like if you had asked excite what's going to come and replace you they wouldn't have said it's an empty page with a single text field you're saying this is kind of it's kind of a faster horse problem yeah yeah so like the 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 what's next i'm trying to think of what what are we reacting against um because most people for the most part don't dislike google like they're fine with
0: it. And and like that that that's the problem with trying to predict the future also like you I think this is what you're saying is that like you you can only ever you're always kind of fighting the last war and in this case there's our idea that's certainly more at least more than n minutes old of like what that might look like but by the time there's some innovation that you can combine with another innovation to go aha this does something google for obvious reasons can't do and that is ridiculously valuable on its face to people. It You know, it can't just be a faster horse. It's got to also be something where, like,
1: oh, I can't imagine not using this. Well, I mean, it gets, kind of gets back to what you mean by what's next after Google. If you mean what's next after Google as in we stop using Google and start using something else for the same purpose, that's a different question than what's next after Google in terms of the new the new big... That's Yeah, to be fair, I think that's what I was saying was what comes next after yeah, Google yeah. search. Right, well, I, but I'm... Yeah, I just for the other for the more broad thing of like what's the next thing after we already got that. It was like mobile and apps and all that stuff or whatever it was the next big tech and smartphones and all this stuff after we go. But for but for for the purposes of searching, yeah, I feel like it's gotta be what form it will take, I'm not sure. Like it doesn't like I would say for sure it doesn't have to be a website, right? It just has to do the same job.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and arguably already Siri, Google is, something is like Google is mostly used, I would imagine. Not as a website, but by people typing words into the quote-unquote address bar of their browsers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like who who go – I mean I know I guess old people still do this and they type Google into their address bar and it brings them to Google and they type their search field. But pretty quickly, once someone does this once or twice, they realize I just tap in this text field to start typing what it is that I want. Yes, And I get it uh, because, because of Google, even if they're not using Google like because it's just Kleenex, you know proprietary eponym i remembered mm-hmm. what it's called for
0: oh proprietary eponym that's like, a, that's like cornflake uh no kleenex uh yeah, cornflakes cornflakes used to be a, a trademark
1: is, it's not so a trademark kellogg's cornflakes is a trademark but not yeah cornflakes. but i mean i'm saying it's
0: one of those things where like or it used to be in the back of every issue of writer's digest there'd be all these funny little ads from major companies saying you know don't call it a frigidaire unless you're sure that it's mm-hmm, the,
1: the best mm-hmm. of the line, or like Whirlpool is blah 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 blah, or you know any of those things. All right, so let's name all the proprietary eponyms you can name. We already did Kleenex, Kleenex, Band-Aid. Hmm. Um. Kleenex Band-Aid. Uh. I mean, a lot of them are really old. I think the ones from my time. Windex. Because what's because and... what's the non-proprietary eponym version of Windex? Uh Like Kleenex is is bathroom tissue, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, did Band-Aid i say Frigidaire air is, already frigid, is, uh, frigid air my grandparents always called their refrigerator the Frigidaire. yeah but i think refrigerator has got some band-aid is what bandage i guess band-aid brand adhesive bandage adhesive bandage right uh windex i suppose is window cleaner
0: yeah i'm trying to think I'm looking around google
1: is a proprietary absolutely at this point, for yeah, sure yeah, yeah and that's um, just web search
0: uh, oh god there's so many how these does has Wikipedia spacing. not have listed these let's see I'm not no I'm trying to do like I, I know I know these I'm just trying to do it without cheating coke no
1: only in the south well, well, the only South, the South is part the of South the U.S., it's because right, yeah. you wish it otherwise. Yeah, and, and, Well, when I lived in Atlanta, it was disturbing to realize that Coke was the generic term for carbonated sweetened beverage. And it you know had mean. a museum. And, <laughs> yeah, again, They'd say, do you want a Coke? And you said, yes. And they'd say, okay, what kind? And uh-huh. a valid answer to that would be like orange soda or Sprite. <laughs> oh, an RC, please. Could I have an RC? <laughs> No, like orange soda or a
0: sprite or. No, no, I understand. I totally understand. But there were there was a time where, for example, at what we used to call it the pony keg, like what sort of like the midwestern version of a bodega, Um, and some eight pack of sixteen ounce bottled, uh, cola, a different one was on sale every week, and it would be RC, it would be Coke, RC, Pepsi, and I feel like maybe there was one other. RC was a contender into the seventies though, so I, I would stand by. I would say Coke. Uh, I'm trying to think of other ones, other foods.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm amazed that we're still talking here because I'm trying to go to Google websites, and both Chrome and Safari refused to load Google for me, which is always disturbing. Twitter doesn't work for me a lot on my computer, and I don't know why. It's like a DNS issue. I don't even know, but somehow yeah. we're still communicating over the internet. So I don't want to jinx it. So we're bad at naming proprietary eponyms. That's what we're getting at. Uh, there's gotta be. There's some that are. I think there's a lot of articles of clothing. I feel like.
0: Oh, oh, like a Trojan. That's not really one that doesn't really count. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say dildo unless you mean the <laughs> finest and last word, in ladies. <laughs> unless you're sure it's an official dildo. hmm This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Sound Source from Rogue Amoeba. You can learn more about Sound Source right now by visiting macaudio.com slash diffs sound source is a sound control utility that is so good it should be built into mac os whether you listen to podcasts you blast your music or stream video sound source is for everyone who uses audio on their mac uh that that's the part they told me to say now here's what i have to say about this holy crap this is such an amazing app and and a very, very funny thing happened literally yesterday before i knew they were a sponsor for this program Uh, I've been wanting to do this for a while. I upgraded my license to the latest copy uh, because, yeah, I buy a lot of Rogue Amoeba software. Sue me. Uh, Big fan. This is such a good app, you guys. Now, uh, uh, I'll come back to more of this personal experience in a minute. But you need to go go get this right now. You go to macaudio.com slash diffs. Huge fan. So listen, SoundSource has a ton of great features. It gives you per-app audio control, letting you change the volume of any app and route individual apps to different audio devices. So, for example... When I'm using uh, the app podcast menu to listen to Overcast on my Mac, I have that set up right now so that it goes to my internal speakers. It uh, does some magic sound adjustment to it uh, with uh, the magic boost. And uh, and I can do stuff like uh, you can add an, add an equalizer. You can add what you want. It's so cool. I can have things always go to my headphones or always go to the internal speaker. It's so great. Please get this. For better sound quality, you can boost volume levels, add an equalizer, and even advanced audio units to any audio on your Mac and it remembers all these settings. You get fast access to your max audio devices. There's no more digging around in system preferences when you need to adjust things. It's so easy. And if you have a DisplayPort or HDMI device that doesn't offer a volume adjustment, guess what? Sound Source can help. It gives those devices a proper volume slider, and the super volume keys um, make your uh, uh, keyboard volume controls work as well. This is true. Uh, it works. It's really really good. All that power available right from your menu bar with Sound Source from our very good friends at Rogue Amoeba. Love these folks. So please go right now. You visit macaudio.com slash diffs, and you can check it out. You can download a free trial and save 20% off with coupon code diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. Once again, that's macaudio.com slash diffs, coupon code diffs. I don't like the bus to bust a gut, but I super love this company, and I would love it if y'all went and grabbed yourself a copy and considered buying it. Uh, I, I love Paul and the folks at Rogue Amoeba very much, and I'm not ashamed to say so. Our thanks to Rogue Amoeba for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Frisbee, frisbee, frisbee. There you go, mm-hmm. flying disc. Frisbee brand flying disc. Hmm. Um. Maybe Crisco. Okay, I'm done with this now. All right. What time is it? Can I go Crisco home? Crisco is vegetable yet? shortening. Vegetable shortening style product. All right, we got to do more show. Jello, Jello Jello brand, adhesive bandage, sweetened (laughs) jello. Oh, oh, popsicle,
1: popsicle is definitely one. What is is that a brand name? Of course, popsicle brand uh, confectionery treats. What's the generic term? Ice dildo.
0: (laughs) <laughs> the
1: shoe fits.
0: Um, shoes, shoes. Ah, uh, Converse. uh Nikes, Nikes, no, or no, Nikes, maybe. as I used to say. Oh no, yeah, Nikes. Got my Nikes. The Nike. They call. It
1: in <sighs> Japan.
0: Hi. Okay, I'm good for just a few more minutes, and then I want to go to bed. What else are we got to talk about? What do? is on the list here? Let's go look. We could probably stop right there. Um. Oh, I've been trying. Uh, well, actually, I'll save it for another time. I've been doing more ZD things
1: more ziti things that's exciting
0: well i was there was an emergency need for a dinner last night (sighs) i'm so goddamn mad i mean isn't there always an emergency need for dinner it feels like that sometimes (laughs) i guess so there's this i mentioned i'm back to work today there's this italian restaurant that we like a lot that is like anytime you want yeah i said i'll meet you anytime you want just go on oh meet you anytime you want the other ones you couldn't even sit in. at our italian restaurant come on (sighs) How's the Italian bottle food? Of red. How's the Italian food here? <laughs> <laughs> uh search the search of thousand punks. <sighs> so, uh, bottle of red, bottle of white, bottle so of red. Dinner emergency. Back on track. Dinner emergency. Yeah, and uh so oh, I'm so mad. There's this um, Italian place that has like, you know, has said, hey, we're hurting people. Keep ordering from us. Like, keep us alive. Carbones, right? Is that the name of it? Uh, yeah. They, they come out the the liquor,
1: go in the front and out the back so fast. Mm-hmm. That's a goddamn shame. No, That's <laughs> that the name of, the, name of the, <laughs> the expensive Italian place that the New Yorkers are all ordering takeout on. You get $70 veal parm takeout. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we have ordered from them three times
0: in the last probably eight days. And mm-hmm. uh, we were ready to order actually last night. And... um and then we're coming up and I was like, ooh, I get to fear a little bit. And I went and I looked around lunchtime today, kind of with one eye, and it's like, ooh, still. And then I clicked through and went to Yelp. And there's a fairly generic we're closed because of COVID mm, nineteen. I was like, oh
1: man, sad. that sucks. What what had you been ordering? Uh, carbonara. And uh, well, that's brave to order that takeout. It's kind of a kind of dish you really kind of need. No, because the kind of dish you're kinda need to eat just right when it's ready to eat. It mm-hmm. doesn't really sit well. And why was I telling
0: you that? Because of yeah, the dinner emergency. Dinner, yeah. And so I ended up making ziti last night, and we did not have any. Um, what's the one cheese? that's not mozzarella. Uh, what's the, the cheese? The one
1: cheese that's not
0: mozzarella. Oh, we didn't even be duplicate. Don't tell me. Don't. Not, you know what? Now I will not accept it. I will not accept your help. We were For out of ricotta, ricotta no. cheese. No.
1: What the
0: hell? Huh? We're out of ricotta cheese, and my lady said, don't even try it. It's going to be too dry without the ricotta. And I was like, look, I already committed to this with the kid.
1: And <laughs> so so you, you, you subbed in cottage cheese.
0: No, I didn't. I just used extra mozzarella, which I know is a different thing. But I was already mm. committed. So anyway, mm. yeah, I made it with pound. You're already
1: ziti committed.
0: Uh. <laughs> Itty bitty ziti commiti. <laughs> Itty bitty meaty z D committee. That's stupid. That's stupid. Anyway, it doesn't it, matter. It
1: rhymes with your pronunciation of the word a and y. No, you you know how you say that word. That's a pretty name for a girl. The letter e. E-n-y. The letter e. Don't get. No, the letter e. Say it with me. Say the letter e. Eh. No, just the letter e. What is it called? Vowel. No. Say, just say just say the letter e. The letter e. No, but without the letter part. E Exactly, and what's the thing that's between your thigh and your shin? <laughs> between my thigh and my... Sh- oh, I know this. Um, knee. Exactly, put them together, what do you get? Eenie. Which is how you say the word A-N-Y. <laughs>
0: oh, try this, put your hand up, hold it right... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Your hand's smaller than if your face. Your hand's face. bigger than your face, yeah, I know, say.
1: I'm, I'm familiar.
0: Eenie
1: doesn't matter now don't say it all weird just say it straight up (laughs) eating okay there isn't anything i enjoy more than hearing you say eating
0: so um anyway anyway uh no it's not at all it's just
1: plain old e you've (laughs) You've drained
0: me you've drained me i have nothing left (laughs) oh I just thought you were saying
1: you trained me and I was getting excited, but you're saying drain. I was there, Jack, feeding
0: you, feeding you. So anyway, <laughs> all I was going to say was that, uh, so I had to make emergency ziti last night. So I used yep. a pound of ground beef, uh, three um, mild pork sausages that I cut up, you know, opened up and uh, cut those out. Mm-hmm. Half an onion, pound of cooked ziti, pound before cooking. Um, and then I just used kind of like extra, um, extra
1: mozzarella. Most no surprising part and it turned out really good. What, what what was your sauce component?
0: Uh, you know, uh, you know, oh,
1: don't sauce. No, not say it.
0: No. Don't say it. Eenie. <laughs> That's what I was gonna tell you. This is the weirdest part. I think I might like Ragu. Ugh. I've been telling myself since I was a child that <laughs> I did not on. like ragu because that was the spaghetti sauce of my youth. I got
1: I gotta get, get you on the on the making your own sauce bandwagon. It's so I'll easy. I'll have a classico
0: or no. I'll have a Paul Newman. No. Like a really nice sauce, like a good sauce, like a homemade sauce. <sighs> but I'll tell you, man, that ragu, and when you're making it with a with the big zD. It's really good. I thought
1: you were excited about whoever it was, Max or somebody. I thought somebody you liked Focus, the, his, uh, his garlic in a pan recipe. M- Max had some recipe that was like easy to make. It was some, it's a sauce that I wouldn't have liked, but. Yeah, rub around a garlic and you put in some tomatoes. I'm going to make that. I'm going to make that for sure. It's so easy to do. You okay. can make it in huge quantities. You freeze it. You never have to buy jarred sauce oh again. Oh my God. Why would I live? Why would I live the way that I live? Why Why would mm. I do that? It's actually easier.
0: Literally. It's not harder. It's not, not, harder. not like more work,
1: but better. It is not less true, work, but Not true,
0: though true. You know what's easy is having it and opening it and pouring it in. It's easy. It's one less pan. One less bell to answer.
1: <sighs> one less egg to fry. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Other than the sauce abomination that you're putting there, my uh, modification I would make to your ziti is uh, leave <laughs> out the onion.
0: Leave out the onion? I, I did uh, I sauteed half of a chopped onion. Is that too yeah, much I'm onion? I'm going to say just
1: don't do that next time.
0: Well, so would you replace that with garlic or just do something no. different?
1: Huh? No. All right. All right. Just not. Don't include that ingredient in this dish. It's just sauce, two kinds of cheese, mm-hmm. ziti.
0: Okay, That's it. well, and you say mix it all up together. Don't get cute about it. It's not like lasagna. Yeah, no, homogenous. Like concrete. you do it in a bowl and then pour it in. You put the cheese in, the lime with the coconut, you put that all in a bowl and mix it up and then pour it in good in the pan.
1: Yeah, so you got, you got the pasta that's just on cooking. Into that, you dump the sauce, the cheese, the meat that's already you know already cooked and everything, and yeah. you just mix yeah. it all together into a big conglomerate. Then you lay that in your dish, then you cover the top of it with cheese and you bake. I'll do it. I'll do it. Oh, and I also put a little Parmesan on top, which made it yummy. Yeah, sure, that's fine. Uh, so yeah, I, I can do
0: that. I can do that. Um, but yeah, boy, this, this has gotten to be a real hit. And I'll tell you what, that ragu, I used to think oh. ragu was too sweet, but I think of the homemade sauces you can get at a store, I think it's one of the definitely one of the better ones. Classico good. I feel like uh, you know Paul Newman is good, but ragu—it's
1: got a drawing <laughs> of Italy right on it. You heard, You're literally like, I'm feeling physical pain in my stomach right no, now. That no, maybe because I'm coming down with something, but I'm literally just I have physical <laughs> pain in my stomach when you're discussing this. Yeah, that's
0: crazy. You make a lot of extra pans when you make your own sauce. This this you just pour right out of the one jar. One
1: big pot.
0: We got it at a bodega in those little jars, those little half-size jars. They're great. Ragù, mm-hmm. ragù is how they say it. Ragù. That's an old buzz. Ciao, Francesco Rinaldi. Ciao. Ciao to you too. <laughs>